This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Well, not finishing up. I'm doing my part on spiritual warfare. We've entitled this section of my teaching, Armed in the Lord. Special, I mean, a spiritual warfare entitled, a subtitled, Armed in the Lord. And we're taking our foundational text from Ephesians chapter 6. And in Ephesians chapter 6, I told you last week that this is a message from Paul. Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, of people who were, who were rich. They had a lot of things going on for them, and they were rich first, first and foremost in spiritual blessings, but them not understanding what they had encountered, what they had gained, what they had received from God, they were living as beggars. And it's nothing worse to have a wealth of things, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of, 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 of God's blessings and not know how to access them, not understanding what it is, what it means and what it means to walk in those things, what it means to receive them, what it means to apply, how to apply those things. It's nothing worse because then that's how Christians and believers live defeated lives. And so, yes, you will grow, you will die, you will have eternal life, you will go on to live with God. But there is nothing, nothing, nothing worse than a, a believer, than a Christian, a believer, someone who is professing to be in Christ Jesus, who do not, who does not have the victory, not walking in the victory that is in, that they have been afforded in Christ Jesus, living a defeated life from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, from year to year, living a defeated life, always going in the same cycles year after year, always going in the same cycles, always doing this, always, Satan is always tripping them up with the same old thing, always coming to them with the same thing. It's nothing worse. It's nothing worse than a believer living a life like that. And we do not have to live lives like that. We have not been called to live lives like that. Our lives are supposed to be. Our lives are supposed to be an example. Our lives are supposed to manifest the, the, uh, manifest the power of God, manifest the almighty power, the dunamis power of God that we have in Christ Jesus. Our lives should portray that. Our lives should reflect that. Our lives should manifest that we know God and we have the knowledge of Him and that He lives in us. The greater one who is inside of us lives. We have to. Our lives have to be. We have to. That's what, that's what living a, a successful Christian life, that's what a successful Christian life looks like. That's what it looks like. A successful Christian life, it does not mean a Christian who has all the money, who has all the, the power, who has all the authority that this world can give them. Have a CEO and CFOs and, and CCOs or whatever. All the O's and all, and all of those things. I don't care if you're a manager. I don't care if you're a supervisor. I don't care what it is. I, those things do not matter. And that does not make you a, success, a successful Christian because you have those things. It does not make you a success. It doesn't make you a successful Christian because you have two point five 
children and you come into church every Sunday and you drive, you know, you have your nice cars and you live in your nice homes and the, all of those, that does not mean that you're a successful, having money to even to be able to put in the offering and to do your, pay your tithes and to assess and do all, that still does not make you a successful Christian. It does not make you, you can do all of those things and still be living a defeated life. From day to day, you can still be living a defeated life. None of those things matter if you don't know how to access the spiritual blessings that God has left for you, the spiritual blessings that he has imparted to you just because you have accepted him. Just because, just because you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior and he's come to live, just because he's come to dwell in you and and reside in you, just because of that, just because of that, you have the dunamis power. The the Bible says that the the power that is in Christ, he is, he is the almighty, the all-powerful, and that power is the dunamis. Think about it, that's where we get our word dynamite from. All-powerful. All powerful. And if you have the power of Jesus Christ living on the, in the inside of you by the Spirit of God, you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. And not to mention that, not to mention that's coming with that is the grace that comes with it. Grace, God's power and ability to do for you on your behalf what you cannot do for yourself. All of that living from the dunamis power. All of that living on the inside of you. Oh, come on now. Somebody got to be excited about the dunamis power. The dynamite power. The dunamis power living on the inside of you. And with that comes prayer. The the, power, the ability to, to communicate with your God. And it says that the prayers of the righteous makes much power available. More power, more power available. And not, not only that, but he gives, he's given you righteousness, giving you the Holy Spirit to be able to bring forth that righteousness that's in Christ Jesus, to be able to align you with the character of Christ. All of that dunamis power living on the inside of you. And if you think about it, if you just think about that, these are the things that we've got to meditate on. These are the things that we got to meditate on. That will keep you in line. That will keep you straight. Understanding that it is not yours. It's not anything that is within you. But it's all because I have accepted him that I am in Christ Jesus. And that's why I told you last week. That's why it's important that we stay in him from day to day. There's no such thing as I'm getting out today. I'm doing, I'm going to do my own thing today and tomorrow. Then I'll, no, no, no. You have to stay with him every day. Because just when the time that you drop him, just when the time you put him on the back burner, that's when your enemy your adversary, he is going to come for you. He's going to come for you. He says, now it's going to be a little bit easier. See, now now she's not going to resist. Now she's not going to resist me. Now she's going to, she will have a war going on because, because she's not willing to stand. Not today she's not. Today she's not willing to resist because there's something else that she wants. And you know what? I can accommodate her. It's something else that he's looking for. Guess what? I can accommodate that. That lust that he has, that lust that she has, oh, I can accommodate. I'm going to present and I'm going to persuade. That's what I'm going to do today. Because I can see 
that right today, she don't want to stay. Today, he don't want to stay. And he's coming for you. He's gunning. He's gunning for you. He's gunning for you. Because he can see. And there's nothing worse. And, that, and you know, that's all that he wants. The only, thing, the only thing that the enemy wants to do, he wants to turn you away from truth. He wants to keep you blinded. Whatever he can do to tear you apart, whatever he can do to move you away from God, he will, he will oblige you much. All you got to do is give him a little bit. All you got to do is give him a little All he got to do, that's all you got to do, is let him feed you. Let him feed you. Whatever that lust is that you desire, let him feed you, and he will do just that. He would be glad to do just that. And you can see, it's all up to you. We just said victory is mine in, in Jesus. It's mine. You have to give him the upper hand. He has no authority over you. He, ha- he has no dominion. The Christ said that Christ died, that he, ki- he killed all of that. No more dominion over you. You have to give him. You have to allow him. You have to give him permission. You have to give him permission to do whatever it is that he's going to do. But if you resist him, he shall flee. He's going to come back, but then you still resist him. Why? So that you can have the victory. Listen, not just the victory over the war. The war is the end. I'm talking about victory in every battle that comes in a war. Every engagement that you have with the enemy. Every engagement. Every time he presents himself to you. Every time. You can have victory every time. I know we get quiet. We get quiet. I know. I, see, I, I, I get it. I understand. But I'm just human. I'm just flesh. You know, things I'm going to... You don't have to. You don't have to. Why? Because you have the dunamis power living on the inside of you. You don't have to. I know, I know. You see, it sounds like she's trying to say that we we got to be perfect. We got to be. We are perfected and we are mature because we have the dunamis power living on the inside. That's exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that you can be mature enough to stand. That's what. I, that's the perfection that I'm talking about. You can be mature enough to stand. Does that mean that the thoughts won't come? No. But what are you going to do with the thoughts when they come? It doesn't mean that Satan is not going to present to you. He's going to present. But what are you going to do when he presents? I may sway. I'm not going, I am not going to be defeated. I may sway me, that thought is going to come. That's a sway. The thought comes, that's a sway. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stand just like a tree. You know, trees sway in the wind. But they are rooted and they are grounded and they are established and they are not moving. It's going to sway. The leaves are going to sway. But the, the trunk of that tree is rooted. The trunk of that tree is rooted. And it's not swaying. The leaves sway. But the tree itself is not going anywhere. 
And we are supposed to be like trees planted by the river of water. The river of water is the source, Jesus Christ alone. And that's where you receive your grounding and that's where you receive your strength. To stand, you may sway, the limbs may sway, but you, yourself, you've got to stand. You've got to stand. No matter what, you've got to stand. We're going to let that be our review. We're going to let that be our review. Let's look at where we left off. Where we left off last Wednesday. The last statement that I believe I made was that we are strengthened to endure to the end of our faith till Christ returns. We are strengthened for service strengthened for suffering and strengthened for building because we are the kingdom builders on assignment to build. So our spiritual strength, so we, we've already known. Let's see. I need to... Oh, yes, here we go. I'm, I'm right where it's supposed to be. Okay, we... Spiritual strength. So we have to have spiritual strength. So last time we went through the dunamis power, we went through what, what we have in Christ, we went through all of that. And so it's brought us to this point where we're saying that we have to be strong. And, and to be strong, that means that we are being strengthened to endure. Strengthened to endure. Uh, I said that we are enabled and we are strengthened uh, by the ability and the might, the might of God, while we are in Christ, with all the might and with his dunamis power. So our spiritual strength, it's a courage, it's essential, spiritual strength and courage is essential in spiritual warfare. Because we have no strength of our own, we have no strength of our own, and we are encompassed about with flesh and the carnality that comes with it. Turn to Romans chapter 7. So I want you to keep your finger in Ephesians chapter 6 because we will go back there. But I want you to turn to Romans chapter 7. And we're going to see here what Paul is telling us about his own strength. And we know Paul. We know Paul wrote uh, two-thirds of the, the, the majority of, of the New Testament. He wrote that, and we see how powerful he is. We see his strength, even when he was a sinner, the strength that he had, but even more so when he was converted and what he did for the work and for the ministry of, of Christ. So in Romans chapter 7, so even, even he, and I told you last time that even ministers and pastors and, and all of us, nobody is above, no one is above this because we all are encompassed about with flesh. In Romans chapter 7, Let's look at verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I, this is Paul talking, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, 
but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do, do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. So when he said here in verse 14, but I am carnal, he's simply saying that I am living in flesh, living in flesh. And when I want to do good, my inward man, my spirit man, that part of me that, that God works with, that part of me that God deals with on a day-to-day basis, that part of, of me that, that God, that God uh, uh, encourages and he uplifts and he enlightens, that part of me that he enlightens, that part of me wants to do good. I want to do good. I desire. I have a heart's desire to do good. But there's another member. There are members that are working in me, this flesh that's working, that's warring. It's warring against that which I want to do, that which I desire to do. He says, I understand that I live in this fleshly body. That's all he's saying. I understand that I have a sin, that I was born with a sin nature. That's what he's saying. I understand that I was born with a sin nature. And because I still have this flesh, although I have accepted Christ, although I am living for Christ, although I I, I desire to live for him, although I desire to please him, I still live in this flesh, and there sometimes is a war that goes on because one thing is is vying for my attention, and the other thing is also vying for my attention. He says, "So I have, I understand that I have this carnal, 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 uh, uh, this carnal body. I understand that, but just because we have carnal bodies and we have this carnal flesh, it does not mean that we have to be carnally minded. There's a difference." There's a difference. Just because you live in flesh and your flesh is subject to carnality, it's subject to those things, it's subject to love. All of of us, we're all subject to the lust of flesh. We're all subject to the lust of our eyes. We're all subject. We're all subject to the pride of life. We're all subject to that. But it's one thing to be subject to it, and it's another thing to be taken in it. And that's the carnality. I'm not going to walk in the carnality of my mind. That's why we have to renew our minds from day to day. That's why we have to renew it. Because we have to understand that although I may desire some things, nothing comes before the truth is. See, the fact is that I live, have a carnal body. That's fact. But the truth is that I don't have to walk in that carnality. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's when we decide that we're going to take the fact and make that our reality. Instead of taking the truth and making it our reality. That's when we have problems. That's when we go astray. You have to, the the truth of the matter is, the, the truth is, I'm not, listen, listen, I'm not going to take what the world tells me. I'm not going to take what Satan tries to present to me. I am going to stand on the truth of the Word of God because the truth shall, shall set me free. The truth shall set me free. The truth shall make me whole. you got to get that. The truth shall set me free. 
the truth of the matter will set the truth of the word of God will set me free from what the word and from what my body tells me. The truth shall set me free. The truth said, tells me that because I have accepted Christ, that I have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of me that works in me to bring about the character of God, the character of Christ. That's what the truth says. I have to believe the truth. The truth, if I believe the truth, that becomes my reality. And my reality is what I act on. You act on your reality. Whatever you believe, that's what you act on. Whatever your truth is, that's what you act on. Oh, you got to get that. Whatever your truth is, that's what you act that on. Your truth becomes your reality. And your reality is what you act on. Your reality is what you act out of. So when we find ourselves giving in to Satan, when we find ourselves giving in to those fleshly desires, then tell me, what is your truth? What is your reality? What are you believing? What have you accepted? You've accepted lies and deception from the enemy to tell you that just because you have declared to be saved, that you're always saved, and no matter what you do, that God is going to forgive you, and no matter what you do and how you act and how you live your life, that you're going to go to heaven anyway? Is that what you've accepted? Is that the truth that you have embraced? Has that become your reality? Oh, no matter what I do, God is going to forgive me because after all, I've accepted him and I am a child of the Most High God. Is that your reality? Is that what you've accepted? I tell you, that is something that the enemy has presented to you and persuaded you with. Why? Because I said it. His only job is to keep you away from God. That's his his sole job. That's all he wants to do is to keep you away from God. He wants to turn, he wants to turn that truth into a lie and deceive you with it so that you can be, live a defeated life. And ultimately, he's trying to say, ultimately, he is trying to, ultimately, he's trying to win the war against you. He says, if I keep going to him in the same thing, if I keep, if I, if I keep, if I keep Winning. If I keep defeating them in this little battle, every time I go to them, eventually, 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 he's going to win the war against you. Why? Because you're going to find yourself. Remember I told you last time that we cannot think. We can't think that we can just do this and we can just do that and and I'll go back to God and God is going to always be there. You don't know if God is going to always be there because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. (laughs) You don't know that. And while you decided to walk away from him and to do your own thing at this time, your life could be required of you that same day, that same time, that same season. Your life could be required of you. And what, 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 how you been living? Who's your daddy? When you die, who's your daddy? Have you died being a child of disobedience? Then, then Satan is your daddy. Amen. 
and you've already heard that once you take your last breath, whatever it is, that's what it is. It doesn't matter that you accepted Christ some years ago. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Because however you're living, a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. The scripture tells us that in, in the last, people are going to say, they're going to say that they did these things in my name, that they cast out demons in my name. They're going to say all of that. They're going to call on me. They're going to say, Lord, Lord. And he said, I'm going to say, I never knew you. That's, that's the reality. That is the truth. So while we're accepting the lies from the enemy, the deception from the enemy, that is the truth. And again, whatever you embrace as truth, it becomes your reality, and that's how you live, based on your reality. That's how you live, based on your reality. So the fact is that I am carnal. I live, I am living in flesh with a human nature and all of its physical and moral frailties and passions. That's a fact. That's a fact. But my truth is, the truth is, is that Romans chapter 8, let's look at this in Romans 8. Let's look at verse 6 and 7. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I live in a carnal body. I live in a body. I live in a body that is subject to frailties. It has frailties. It has, it, it's, it's weak. It has all of that. But verse 6 tells in chapter 8, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He didn't say that having a carnal body. He said, to be carnally minded is death. There's a difference. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So yes, it is possible to live in a carnal body and be spiritually minded. And not carnally minded. It's very possible. It is very possible. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. A carnal mind cannot be subject to the laws, to the ways, to the commandments of God. It will not accept it. Not a carnal mind. But to be spiritually minded... To be spiritually minded, I'm going to accept all of that. And all of that brings me life. And it brings me peace. I'm going to accept the will of God. I'm going to accept the ways of God. That's my truth. And because that's my truth, that's the reality that I live in. I'm going to accept the ways of God. That means I'm going to live in the ways of God. I'm going to live according to the scripture. I'm going to live according to the word that I hear. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to live by it. And that is my reality. And that's the way I'm going to act. I'm going to act out of that. I'm going to operate. I'm going to function out of that. 
that's spiritually minded. Everything that the Spirit, that the Spirit of God says, every, every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, every word, every word that proceeded, I don't care if it don't sound good to me, I don't care if I don't like it, every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to live after it. And that I am going to do because I understand that to be spiritually minded is life and it is peace. Look, you tried to do things your own way. You tried living carnally. We've all tried living carnally. Where did that get you? It landed you right here. Because we tried living carnally. And that's why we're here. But then to come here and not accept and not receive, to, to come here and still stay carnally minded, you might as well just stay on out there. You might as well just go on back. You, because you're not, if you're not hearing nothing, you're not receiving, you're not, you're not hearing and receiving anyway. So what good? You're only wasting time. You're wasting time. You're wasting your time because you're not willing to do it. I would say you're wasting God's time, but you're not wasting His time. Because He's going to do, He's going he to, He's going to say what He's going to say, what you hear, what you're not here. So you're not wasting His time, because it's going to be for somebody. Somebody's going to receive it. Somebody's going to accept it. So you are really only wasting your time and sucking up air. Air that I need, that I could be using. The more bodies in here, the more heat is generated. So one less person would mean I have more air. So if you're not going to be here to receive, then don't take up the air that I can be using. That's all I'm saying. Because you're only wasting your time. That's all you're doing is wasting your time. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. I told you that I was only going to cover four verses. We're going to read this and then we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to move from here. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We covered that last week. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, and I just want to do the first part of 14, stand therefore. So we we tackled verse 10 last week. And so now what I want to do is I want to read to you. I think I want to read. Let me, let, me read this, let me read this to you in the Amplified. I love what the Amplified version of this says. Starting with verse 10 in Amplified, it says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which he boundless might 
provides. Verse 11. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Verse 13. We're going to skip 12 for now. Verse 13. Therefore, put on God's complete armor, that ye may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand, therefore, hold your ground. I love that. Stand and hold your ground. He said to put on the complete armor of God. Let's look at, keep your finger there, let's look at, at verse, at, at 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 4. 10 and 4. Keeping in mind verse 11. Let me read it again in the Amplified. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies that ye may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Now let's look at this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we remember, uh, 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 Brother Isaac, he laid that out perfectly for us. Those fortresses in our minds, those thoughts, those desires, our wills, all of those things, those reasonings, all of those things that are built up and fortified. In our minds, those are the strongholds. They're fortified, meaning that they are strengthened with lies. Listen to this. They are strengthened. Those strongholds are fortified. They are fortified. Those reasonings are fortified. That means that they are strengthened with lies. They're strengthened with deception. They're strengthened with false teaching. They're strengthened with facts that we trust in. They are strengthened to hold on so that we can hold on to those things as reality, as our truth. Those strongholds, that's what, they're fortified by lies. Those strongholds, they're fortified by the things that you have accepted as truth for your life. Fortified by things that the enemy has presented and persuaded you with. That is all that he can do is present and persuade. And those are the things that you use. Those are the things, not, sometimes not even, not even knowing, but those are the things that you take in, that you hold on to. And those things fortify those imaginations and those reasonings in your mind. Those reasonings, see, you have those reasonings come. Reasonings come. Thinking haughty, thinking high-minded, that's a reasoning in your mind. Remember what I said, that I've accepted Christ. I've accepted Him. So no matter what, I've accepted Him, so I'm going to heaven. No matter how I live, that's what we think. No matter how I live, that's being haughty. That's being prideful. That's a stronghold. It's been fortified by lies. It's been fortified by deception. It's been fortified by false teachings. It's been fortified. 
And we've held on to them. We hold on to them. We take them. We hold on to them and we make them our truth. And then we act on them. We make them our truth and then we act on them. It says everything. Verse 5. 10 and 5. It says casting down imaginations. Those are those reasonings. And every high thing. I like that. Every high thing. Listen. This is what every high thing. Every high thing that exalts itself. Listen. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We said already haughtiness. One's self. When you exalt yourself. Against the knowledge of God, that's pride. When you exalt your salvation against the knowledge of God, that, first of all, that means you don't really know what your salvation means. But when you exalt your salvation against the knowledge of God, that's being haughty and that's being prideful. Pride will lead to unforgiveness. Pride will lead to exalting yourself above others. Pride will lead to jealousy. Pride will lead to jockeying for positions. All of those things. See, those still are things that are fortified. Those are strongholds that are fortified in your mind. When you put yourself above people, that's a, that's a fortified. Those are lies, deceptions and lies and all of those things. Fortified. They're fortified. So those are, those are that's one. One self-pride, high thinking. That's a high thing. The second thing that's a high thing is spiritual wickedness. But you've got to, got to come back next Wednesday to, so we can, we're going to, listen, we're going to dive into, into that, that last verse, verse 12. So we're going to find out exactly what, are you demons? Or do you, are we really working against demons? Are we really working? So you want to come back next week so you can find that out. So every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, this is what we have to stand against. That's what we're standing against. Those imaginations, those high things. Look at, look at, uh, turn to verse, 1 Corinthians, look at, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Go over a few pages. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's look at verse 19. 1 Corinthians 3 and 19. And it says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. So here we see that the wisdom, so remember that our wisdom, the, 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 our, the weapons of our warfare and our armor of God, they are given to us. God supplies them. They are given to us through his might because he knows what we need. He knows what we stand against, what we have to stand against. He, uh, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows us better. So he had already provided. That's why he provided salvation. That's why he provided the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Because he already knew what you needed to get the job done. Remember I said, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Why? Because he is the one that knows what to give you. He is the one that supplies it. He is the one that equips you with it. He is the one that provides the power for it. He put it all there because he already knows. He already knows. He knows and he has already provided. It says, listen, 
The wisdom of this world, those imaginations, those thoughts that try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of the truth, is but foolishness to God. It's absurdity. It's stupidity. He says that it's stupid. All of those things that they're thinking, all of those thoughts, all, that haughtiness, all of those things, all of those things that they allow the, the lies and deception, all of that that they allow the enemy to put in their minds and they take and they hold on to those thoughts, they hold on to it. It's absurdity. And, and they think that they're wise in their own eyes. They think that they're wise in their own eyes, they're wise. In their own eyes, they're wise. It says, but it is stupidity, it is foolishness with God. Job chapter 5. Let's look at Job chapter 5. He says, I already know, I know the end of that thing. And that's why I'm supplied. Listen, that's why it's important. <laughs> that is why we say it's important that we stay connected to the source, the one, the one who knows. He is the one who knows. You don't know anything. And this world does not know anything. And they cannot give you anything. What did I say? The only thing that they can give you is the lust, is things to help feed your lust. That is all that they have for you. That's it. That's their wisdom. Get all you can. Can all you get. That's their wisdom. That's the wisdom that they give you. Get all you can. And can all you get. That's, that's their counsel. That's the counsel of the world. Get all the education you can get. Get it all. Get all, make all the money you can make. Make it all. Make it all. And listen, it don't even matter. Get all you can. That means it don't even matter how you get it. It don't even matter how you get it. Just don't get caught. Or be like your president. I'm just above the law and I can just do what I want to do. Hardy. I can just do what I want to do. Ain't nobody going to do nothing about it. Nobody can do anything about it. That's the world's way. Trump Towers. That's the world's way. That's the world's way. And that's all that they can give. That's only the count. That's all count. The only counsel they can give you. Get all you can. And can all you get. Make more. Hard it up for yourself. Make more. The more you have, the better off you are. That's their counsel. When we all when we know the truth. That without the Lord, there is no joy. Scripture tells us that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You don't have strength because you don't have the joy of the Lord. Job chapter 5. Let's look at verse 13. 5 and 13. And the scripture reads, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the forward is carried headlong. 
He taketh the wise. This is God. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. See, he knows. He knows the craftiness. He already knows. The wise and what they think and all of that, he already knows. He catches the so-called wise in their own trickiness, and the counsel of the schemers is brought to a quick end. That's what that says. He taketh, he catches the so-called wise in their own trickiness, and the counsel of the schemers is brought to a quick end. So if he has taken the counsel of the schemers, and he brings that counsel to a quick end, and he knows the craftiness, he's, he's caught them, he catches them in their own trickiness. If he's already done that, again, he already knew the enemies and the ways of the enemy. He already knew the ways of Satan. He knew that from the beginning. His rebellion, he already knew. All of it is, all, is bound in rebellion. He knew it from the beginning with, with, with Adam and Eve. He already knew. He says all, this is all he had. This is all that he can do is present to them and persuade. So I'm going to give them in, in their, his own craftiness. He called them in his own craftiness. In his own craftiness. And that's why he gave us, that's why he gave us the, the living God, the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. That's why he gave it to us. He says, I'm going to put a greater influence. And remember, we talked about the mighty man and the mightier man, the strong man and the stronger man. Remember, we talked about that last week. He says, I know that the strength, I know the strong man is coming, but I'm a stronger man. He says that although I'm going to, I know that the enemy, he's going to present to them, he's going to persuade them, just like he did with Eve in the garden of, in the garden of just like he tried to tell her what. He says that you're going to be wise. You're going to be wise. Wise is, basically, wise is God. You're going to be wise. She took that. She took that as truth. She took that as truth. And it became her reality. And so, so, so now we have, we have God said, God saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to redeem it. Already had it in, in mind. Already had the plan in place. I'm going to put the spirit of God. So we have that influencer. We have this influencer that tries to present and to persuade. But I'm going to put a greater influencer. I'm going to put a greater influencer inside of them. Oh, you, you got to be excited. Listen, you got to be excited about the greater influencer. You got the enemy influencer. He's strong, but he's not stronger than God Almighty. The greater one living, the greater one that lives on the inside. That's scripture. It's the greater one that lives on the inside. Who can say it? Who can say it? Nobody can. Nobody can. Who can stand against the Lord? Nobody can. Not even Satan himself. And you have the greater one living on the inside of you. So why are you living defeated? With the greater one, the stronger one living inside of you, why are you living defeated? Nobody can stand against the Lord. The scripture says nobody can stand against the Lord. And the Lord lives on the inside of me. So listen, if nobody can stand against the Lord... And he lives on the inside of me. When the enemy comes with these tricks and these schemes, guess what? I can stand. 
Because nobody can stand against the Lord. Nobody can. So if he lives on the inside of me, I can stand. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than able. More than able. I am more than able. So again, if you want to be defeated, if you are defeated, it's because you want to be defeated. It's all because you want to. Who can stand against the Lord? Nobody can. You got to get that. You got to, you got to make that yours. You got to receive that. You have to make that your truth. You have to make that your reality. And when you make it your reality, that's what you will act on. You get that? When you make it your reality, that's what you will act on. And then no matter what, you will, you will find yourself saying it. Who can stand against the Lord? Nobody can. And the greater one lives on the inside of me. You will find yourself saying it. You will find yourself saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. You will find yourself saying it. That's the word of God out of your mouth. That's the sword of the Spirit. That one, one, that's, that's, one, that's one of your pieces of, of, of armor. One of your pieces of the weapon. That's a weapon. That's actually a weapon. The word of God out of your mouth. That's a weapon. But only if it's out of your mouth and you're applying it and you're doing it. Then it's a weapon. As long as you're standing, saying it while you're standing, then it's a weapon. If you're saying it and standing, it's a weapon. That's been fortified with the truth. It's a weapon. It's God's weapon that He has supplied. God's weapon that he has supplied, he already knew. Remember he said, he said, the, the, trick, the, the trickiness of the enemy, I already, I take it, I already know. I supplied you with the sword of the Spirit out of your mouth to help you to stand. That's why I supplied it. That's why I have supplied Because it's mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. It's mighty through God. The word, the word of God itself is powerful. In itself. In itself is powerful. But out of my mouth as I stand, out of my mouth as I stand. Did you get that? Out of, the word of God is powerful than a two-edged sword. And out of my mouth as I stand, then who can stand against the Lord? Nobody can. No one can and no one will. No one can and no one will. This is why the whole armor of God, the armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies is necessary. This is why it is necessary. Because it is produced by it is supplied by the one who knows. 
He knows what we need. He knows what we're up against, and he knows what we need to successfully stand against it. Listen, the whole armor of God. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. The whole armor of God is what, it said the whole armor. I like that. That means you can't take pieces of it. Oh, listen to that. That means you can't take pieces. It says put on the whole armor. You can't just be saved. You can't just have the helmet. You can't just have the helmet. You got to have the breastplate too. You can't have the breastplate and the helmet and not have the sword. You can't have the breastplate. You can't have the sword and not have the things for your feet. You can't have the things for your feet and the sword and the breastplate but not have the helmet. He says put on the whole armor. Salvation is not enough. You get that? Salvation is not enough to stand. (laughs) Salvation is not enough to stand. Salvation is not enough to stand. You got to have truth. Not facts. You got to have truth. You got to have righteousness. Oh, you got to have righteousness. Salvation is not enough. You got to have righteousness. Oh, here we go. See, this, this is where the rubber meets the road, right here. You can't just have salvation. You got to have righteousness. That means being in right standing with God. That's what that means. You can't have accepted salvation and not be in right standing. What does not being in right standing mean? Living day to day like you just want. Living carnally. Day to day is what we were talking about. Living out of a carnal mind. That's far from righteousness. That's far from being in right standing with God. So you can't have salvation and and let that that be. That will not. Salvation alone will not cause you, will not strengthen you to stand. You have to have righteousness. You have to have truth. You have to have truth and you have to live by it, which will produce righteousness. Oh, come on now. I know it's Wednesday. I know it's late. But I need you to get it. I need you to get this. I need you to understand this. You can't have truth, you can't have righteousness without having the gospel. Feet child with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You gotta have the gospel. So you gotta have truth, you gotta have righteousness, you gotta have the gospel, you have to have faith. <laughs> you gotta have faith. Because if you're not trusting, if you're not confident and you're not trusting in it, you will not live righteously. If you don't have faith and you're not trusting, then you're definitely not living by truth. And guess what? Your salvation is a little iffy. You don't have faith because you cannot believe and trust God without faith. So then salvation, it's not iffy. It's not. No iffy about it. It's not. Because you cannot. Without faith, it's impossible to please it. Without faith, you can't even accept salvation. 
The whole armor. It says the whole armor. You've got to have all of that. The Word of God out of your mouth. You've got to have salvation. You've got to have the Word of God out of your mouth. And you have to have prayer. you got to have prayer. We're talking about standing and having the whole armor of God. Prayer is a part of that armor. The prayers of the righteous make much power available. you got to have prayer to say it. It says when you pray in the Spirit, you even edify yourself and you build yourself up. You need that to stand. Prayer is a part of your armor. And I would dare say it's a part of your armor and it's a part of your weapon. It's, it's a duel. Prayer is a duel. That's just a two for one. Prayer makes much power available. That is a shield. You know, when you pray for things that you don't know, you don't even know what you're praying for. When you pray in the Spirit, you have no, sometimes you have no clue what you're praying for. That's a shield. Prayer. It's a weapon and it's a shield. It's a part of your armor. And you need both. You need it. You need, you need, them to, you need prayer to operate for both. You need it. Our weapons are our armor of, and our armor. Our weapons and our armor are of divine power. And it is in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the power, which is the proof, which that is a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating in and on me. So, the weapons and the armor, it's a demonstration. Because remember, these are mighty through God. These are not carnal weapons. They're mighty through God. Things that God has provided for us as the armor because he knows what we need. So, the weapons and the armor, they are of divine power. It's what God has supplied. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. It says it's of God. That's of divine power. And putting on that whole armor, operating with that whole armor and with our weapons, it is a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the power that is on the inside of us. We are making proof, proof, by the Spirit and the power of God operating in and on me. I make proof of that because I have the whole armor. And when I operate with the armor on, I am making full proof of the Holy Spirit living on the inside. That's making my salvation sure. That's making full proof of my salvation. Do you get that? That's making full proof of my salvation. So if you don't have proof of your salvation, not only are you living defeated, But then people can't even tell that you are saved. 
You have no proof. You have no proof because you're not walking in faith. You have no proof because you're not walking in righteousness. You have no proof because you're not praying. You have no proof. No proof. Not only are you living defeated, but then people can't even tell that you are saved. Having the whole armor of God and the weapons of God is making full proof of your salvation. If you are God's, if you are His, He has called you to be a soldier. He's called you to be a soldier. That's why He's provided the weapons and the armor. Because He's called you to be a soldier. He has called you to stand, to endure. He's called you to do that. He says we have to endure afflictions as a good soldier. We have to endure afflictions. That means afflictions are going to come. That's why he provided the armor and the weapons. He's called you to be a soldier. What soldier goes to war and then entangles himself with other things? Because guess what? Then your weapons and your armor, they are going to render themselves ineffective. And they're going to show ineffectiveness. You can't be entangled with the things of this world and live righteously. You can't be entangled with the things of this world and be caught up with the things of this world and be living by faith. You can't do both. You can't do both. You can't serve God and mammon at the same time. You can't do both. You can't do both. Having the warfare, having the weapons and the armor of the warfare, that's making full proof of your salvation. That's making full proof of it. That the Spirit of God, the the dunamis power, the one, the greater one, the stronger one living on the inside of you, that makes full proof of that. As you take on the whole armor and you stand. So you live a defeated life in the midst of family, in the midst of neighbors, in the midst of co-workers, and they see you living a defeated life, yet you say that you have salvation. Yet you're claiming to be a child of God. Yet you're claiming that. But you beat them talking about the boss. That's definitely not righteousness. You beat them complaining. You beat them leaving before time. You beat them talking on the phone during work hours, or texting during work hours, or on the internet during work hours. You beat them doing it. You're not making full proof. Of your salvation. You're the first one to complain when something goes wrong at the job. 
about to say, you jumped on the bandwagon, but you are the bandwagon. You started the bandwagon. You started the wagon. The wheels are moving on that wagon. It's not always required that you say something. It's not always required. You do your job and you work as unto the Lord. I remember I had a boss not too long ago. You know, I told, I've been, you know, I've been in my job for for 20 years, 22 years, and I had never ever questioned. I had never ever questioned if I was called to be there. If God had me in that place for a reason, I never never questioned that. I knew by the hand of God how He even got me. Then I knew, and I and I know, I know, I know all of that. He got. I mean. By way, right? So he did this, he did that, he sent me there for school to give me a job there, to give me, to, to, to be able to move to Georgetown so I could pass by this little church at a storefront. I get that. And I never question. This is by way. This is how he, this is how he orchestrated. This is how he did. But this is one point, this one boss that I had made me question if it was, if it was time for me to go. Is my time up, Lord? Is my time up? I'm going to tell you, she was not, not so nice. And so, <laughs> this is what, this is how, <laughs> when people talked about her. So, they would, uh, she, she, uh, uh, very rude, very, I mean, just, she, I mean, she stopped people in the in mid-Senate. I don't even want to hear it. Grown folks in conversation, in meetings. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Grown folks. She treated everybody like that. Everybody except for her boss, of course. Co-workers, people under her, everybody. She treated like that. And she tried to get me fired. She tried to get me fired. Now, I know the work that I do. Now, I know the work that I produce. I've never, ever, ever had a bad evaluation. Ever. Ever. And she was not my immediate supervisor. But she was trying to work through my supervisor to get me fired. And, again, I wasn't saying anything to her. I wasn't saying anything to her. But people heard. The right people heard that she was trying to get me fired. The people who were the bosses over her boss, that's the board of trustees, heard that she was trying to get me fired. And he came up to be one of them, board of trustees, came up to me and he said, I understand that you're having some difficulty. He says, I'm on my way out because they have rotation." They do, I think, two or three years, and then they have to rotate out. He says, I understand that you're having some difficulties, but mark my word, before I leave my position, she's going to be gone before you leave. Mark my word. And sure enough, before he exited, she exited before. Sure enough. 
Sometimes it's not required that you say anything. And yes, she tried to make my work, my work life a living hell. She tried to make it a living hell. But I did what I was at. I did, I did what she, to the best of my ability, I did what she, now she was trying to make it difficult. But I did what I needed to do to the best of my ability. All the monkey wrenches she was throwing, I did what I could do to the best of my ability. And I didn't say anything to her. I worked as unto the Lord. It's not always required that you say anything. But see, the righteousness of God. I wasn't jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, when I say everybody, I mean everybody was talking about this lady. Everybody. I think she only had one, and, and that was the reverend. He was our chaplain. He was the only one. And she claimed to be so spiritual. She claimed to be so spiritual. But the fruit of the Spirit was not operating in her life. It was not operating in her life. But I didn't have to say a word. I didn't have to say a word. The prayers of the righteous, I, I, I said I was going to be righteous in that situation. I was not going to talk about her. I was not going to do any. I wasn't going to talk back to her. I wasn't going to do any of that. She put a... Several times, she just put her hands up in my face. And I didn't say a word. She told me to be quiet, and I just shut my mouth. I know. See, that carnal carnal mind, that carnal mind, Trust me, I, 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 saw, I saw myself. The enemy presented it. I saw myself grabbing her hand, just jerk. I, I saw myself doing that. I saw myself doing that. I saw myself. When she put her hand up, I just wanted to take her hand and jerk it over, jerk it over that, that desk. That's what I wanted to do. I saw myself doing it. I'm telling you, I saw myself doing it. I saw it. In the, in the natural, I saw it. In the spiritual, I didn't see it in the spiritual. I didn't see it in the spiritual, but I saw it in the natural. But in the spirit, I just bit my tongue. Yes, ma'am. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.